The Journey Arrihla I'm pleased to welcome you to the fourth in our Mindfulness Ramadan series. I'm Zulfa Branjabbar and we're fortunate and honored to have psychological counselor Shamila Safadin helping us with understanding and unraveling our behaviors and actions to achieve our best Ramadan ever with our theme series Ramadan 1440, Journeying Towards a Mindful Heart, Soul, Mind and Body. Assalamu alaikum Shamila. Walaikum salam, Zopa. How are you? I'm very good, alhamdulillah. Shukran very much once again for being available. You're most welcome. To our loyal listeners, I'd like to start off today's program by conjuring up a memory for some or to visualize a certain scenario for others. It's the day before Eid and most people are happy but at the same time sad. Sad that Ramadan is over but also sad and disappointed because imagine feeling at the end of Ramadan 29 or 30 days like you didn't do enough or you didn't do your own personal best. Well, it doesn't have to be that way and this is why we have this series, we left off our series part 3 with some discussions on our emotions and our awareness striving to be our own personal best and looking at behaviors and thoughts and emotions that might not serve us. And today in particular, we're going to look at the role that food plays in our lives. Shamila, can you tell us, give us some insight into your experience with food addictions as a psychological counselor? I think immediately what comes to mind is, is for some reason, um, the word attachment right an attachment to a form of coping because that's what a, a, any form of addiction is is perhaps in a um a more simplified way of understanding it isn't is an attachment to a form of coping and very often with difficult emotions because addictions is a feelings illness understood to be a feelings illness you know i'm feeling something i need to use um and then in the more clinical sense, it's associated with powerlessness and unmanageability, and that's how you would know someone is addicted to something, that there is a powerlessness they feel when they begin to use. So there's a loss of control, and throughout their life as it progresses, if it does happen throughout their lives, it progresses and they face unmanageability. So. For example, they're not able to manage their homes, they're not able to manage their finances. With food specifically, it's about, it's, it literally plays out in your physical form, right? And it becomes evident through your physical form. Either you are too thin or, right, underweight, or you are overweight. In our society, especially locally, yes. we tend to 
pay a lot of attention to other addictions. Yes. Um, nicotine, mm-hmm. drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol. Yes. But our relationship with food yes. is very often misunderstood or there are depressed emotions mm. like guilt. Let's discuss that a little bit. For example, I, I was in a workshop okay. where we were discussing our behaviors. Mm. And one lady came to the realization as she was reflecting that she often eats a lot. But during Ramadan, she doesn't have that as mm. a go-to in mm. times of need. And she finds herself over-shopping mm. for other things during Ramadan and of, often having bias, remorse and having to return a lot of things. Interesting. What that makes me think about is um, form. So we have a habit in a specific form. So with eating, it could be a food addiction, um, like the example that you're using. And that, for me, what that really just highlights is that if if you focus on treating the addiction, for example, to food, um, and you don't look at the underlying issue, you can miss an opportunity because what happens is is that I think in that example is that all you do is you shift it to something else because that's essentially what she's saying is that my form of dependency just shifted and it's taken on a different form but it which means I haven't dealt with the underlying issue which I think she's acknowledging which is awesome of course mm. so if we're not dealing with you know what's this actually about if we're not asking the questions of self-awareness but like what is this about? How do I engage with food? Why do I feel like I need to reach for food all the time? If I'm not doing that and I'm not becoming more self-aware, which means getting to know yourself deeper, it's only going to change its form, right? So it could go from shopping, it could go to an addiction in terms of like workaholism, it could go from that to something, anything else, you know, there's like an array of habits we can form. But again, just to me, what that brings attention to is really just how the form shifts in absence of, like you say, the actual physical food. Mm. Yeah. And this kind of explains the addiction-like behavior yes. with the iftar table groaning. Mm. Interesting. With foods and with pies and samosas and soft drinks and yeah. fried foods. Right such an array of fear that often is so far removed from mm. its natural source mm. um, as we speak there's no judgment that goes into that yes but um, I'd like to look at the role that food plays in our life mm-hmm. and the role that it should play in our life I mean we are so focused on halal yes halal 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 not halal friendly yes but there's also taiba food Right. Wholesome food, mm. natural food, mm. nourishing food. Yes. Um, the food as close to its natural source as possible. Absolutely. Food has taken on a huge role in our life. Mm-hmm. And so even though we are fasting for the entire day, food is foremost in our mind. Yes. You use the word attachment. Yes. The attachment is still there. Yes. And so we delay that attachment mm. to iftar. Mm. And we delay that attachment to suhoor or subuh. Yes. And I think what happens is, I mean, just as you're talking, I'm reflecting on it and thinking, it's almost as if we reward ourselves mm. at the end of the day. Like, I, deserve, this is, I deserve this. Yes. I can go wild. I can do whatever I want to with, you know, my food intake because I've sacrificed 
you know, this entire day. Like um, an addict thinks. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I've been clean, I've been good, just this one hit. Just one more time. Mm. But yet, as we know, specifically with addiction, that one hit or that one uh, sort of drink, if it is alcoholism, leads to countless others, right? Mm. I mean, there's even a saying, I think, within AA and NA, that is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough, right? Because mm. there won't be. And it points to a deeper spiritual, I think, meaning of the void can never be filled, not mm. with an attachment, not with any form of substance, mm. not even with food. And so Ramadan, I think, gives us an opportunity to reflect on our relationship with food. And I would really urge us to look at look at it in that way and start understanding our relationship with food, how we relate to it. Mm. You know, again, that's an individual experience. You may have um, conditioned um, ideas and beliefs and and there's a culture around food for you. But until you start to make that personal, you're not really going to start to understand your own relationship with food. So so I would encourage people to really start to, to reflect on like, how do I relate to food? You know, how when do I eat? How do I eat? What is it that I eat? Mm. For what reason am I eating? Mm. You know, I feel like those are such important questions. And I mean, certainly for myself in the past, with my own relationship with food, I needed to come to terms with that because I was heavier than I am now. And of course, you know, an entire like deep introspection ensued with myself. I know for me, a lot of it was uh, cheating my anxiety, right? About whatever feelings I was feeling. I'm feeling anxious and, you know, about something and, Mm. you know, I need to to eat something for that. Mm. And then, of course, you grow, (laughs) you know, you grow from that. And then it becomes visible that there's this almost like your shadow is being displayed. It's being made so apparent to the world that something's happening for you. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and then, of course, the journey of kind of like being able to then connect deeper to my own body and relationship to food and then being able to lose the access weight and then interestingly enough feeling more like myself mm. and my truer self through that experience so in actual fact we cheat our xyz our anxiety our depression yes, yes. with food we yes. are filling our physical bodies yes. with matter from the earth yes. unhealthy unwholesome matter yeah and we and feel an even deeper disconnect because the attachment is with food, whereas we have a spiritual need mm. that needs to be fulfilled, and the detachment is from our higher power. Subhanallah. So I think that if you if you reflect on that point, it feels like um, a reminder to to us around what we are actually attaching to, and we all know that as Muslims we our attachment is only to the almighty allah and that our our highest purpose is you know to be in submission to him and so i think that whether your addiction is food or your dependency is food because sometimes it's not an addiction sometimes it's just you know something that you turn to it can't it's not necessarily categorized as an addiction i think those things show up to show you that you are in some way disconnected from the creator, Mm. right? And so they almost become a means to connect. So, right, so we're going from a habit that's disconnecting and it becomes a light for us to actually 
start connecting to the divine, to Allah, because it's showing up and it's showing us where our work needs to be done. And, you know, we there can be more depth for ourselves. And it's, you know, it's a, it's can be quite a challenging experience to go, you know, that route and, and that deep with yourself. Mm. But, yeah. A further disconnect then happens also because food that is supposed to be sustaining and energizing mm. us because we've chosen these unhealthy choices. Yes. Now we are not able to participate in the night life of yes. Ramadan that should be the further connection, yes. the qiyam, standing up, the taraweeh, uh, connecting with the Qur'an, our mm. own personal recitals with the Qur'an as well. We don't have that ability yes. and the energy mm. to participate in that. Mm. And there comes a further disconnect Absolutely. with the spiritual aims that aim for taqwa, that aim to be conscious and to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Mm. So moving on to, again, the practical. Mm -hmm. How can we incorporate the journal that we've spoken about before? And how can we incorporate the journal to assist us in becoming aware of our relationship and the role that food plays in our lives mm. ahead of preparing for Ramadan? Mm. Look, I think that if it's if it's specifically related to food and you know you journeying towards understanding that and trying to connect more deeply with that then very simply there's such a thing as a food journal actually <laughs> you know that very often people use in weight loss programs or just to become more aware i think so a food journal is then perfect so your lead up to ramadan can actually be uh what we said earlier around making notes around like when you eat so first of all you're making a list of everything you've eaten for the day right um and if you are able to and connect with yourself on a deeper level is to actually maybe even write down why you ate it right <laughs> so okay. so so that what that means is is that if you are going to the fridge and you're reaching for something uh, you feel like I need to have a snack is to ask yourself okay why am I eating this am I hungry am I bored am I feeling something more deeply so like is there anxiety about something did I just encounter an experience that perhaps created anxiety and now all of a sudden I find myself in front of the fridge mm -hmm. reaching for a snack convincing myself that I need to eat something so those questions become important and like I say if you're able to do that and you and you're open to that because I know it can be difficult mm. um, is to write down, you know, this is what I've eaten for the day. These were my reasons for eating it. You don't need to do anything with that. You don't need to fix that. All okay. you're doing is really just journaling. Again, you're mm. doing that with kindness and compassion. You are, you know, telling yourself, look, I, I really want to understand how I, how I relate to food. So this mm. is my means of doing that. And then I think looking at what you've eaten for the day and perhaps at the end of the day, asking how much of this nourished me today okay right? how much of this has created nurturing mm. you know for my body did i eat mindfully mm. you know or was i just stuffing something into my mouth mm. um, and then in addition to that it's actually starting to make your meals more mindful so mm. creating a space of mindful eating which means no distractions when you're eating first of all mm. so no tv no phone um, sitting down at a table and creating a space of beauty when you eat. So, I mean, there were times where I would kind of just sit down, you know, grab my bowl of cereal in the morning and just quickly, like, scoff it down. And now, 
with a deeper connection, alhamdulillah, I'm sitting down and honoring myself, first of all, mm-hmm. um, the food, my body, all of the work I've done to this point and my journey, sitting down, putting down a beautiful tablecloth. The cutlery that I use is, is of beauty because it's, you know, I want to enjoy that space. Okay. Um, and then eating mindfully, right? Okay. So bringing your focus to what you are doing. And again, if your mind drifts away, if you get distracted, just return to the task at hand, which is eating mm. in this regard. Focus on what's in front of you. Focus yes, on what's in present front of you. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, if you want to even go deeper with the practicality is like, you know, before you've, before you put another morsel of food in your mouth, actually chew mindfully and okay. make sure that you've swallowed mm-hmm. before you put the next morsel of food into your mouth. And I know that sounds, you know, kind of a bit like, okay, why would I do that? But practice it practically and mm. see the difference it makes. Because what you are doing is giving your brain and your mind an opportunity to actually connect to your stomach, mm. right? Yeah. And yeah. feel the fullness. Yeah. Can I practice that with dulcies? <laughs> <laughs> Only with one dulci every second night. <laughs> Yeah, now that I think of it also, my own behavior, specifically, I I often eat in that manner, unmindfully grab a block of chocolate and I end up scoffing down mm. the whole one. I often do that alone. Mm. So now that I'm thinking about it, what that tells me is that whatever I'm reacting to, I'm reacting to in my thoughts. Right. Wow. Mm. You know, it's a thought right. that made me go and and eat X, Y, Z and go back for more and more and more until I'm throwing the wrapper away. Mm. So it's just a thought. So there's a, to just maybe give that a bit of context, do you feeling something, right? Unless, of course, you are, I'm just thinking about it in terms of a a habit forming uh, practice. Yeah, probably anxiety also, as you mentioned, anxious about something in the future or something in the past, not in the present moment. Absolutely. So you're feeling something and you're having a thought, I should have chocolate. Mm. And then you go and you have chocolate. But this process can be unconscious, Mm. right? Because, you know, the brain also just works on automation. And if if you've created a neural pathway in your brain for chocolate (laughs) or Mm. for sugar, we know the effects that has in our brain, then you're on an automation, right? And Mm. a lot of what's happening in that moment, as you're saying, is unconscious. Before you know it, you've scoffed down perhaps an entire slab of chocolate, right? So there's a physiological aspect as well Mm. as the, exactly as you say, the mind's role in all of that with the the thinking of the thought. Yeah. And lo and behold, that day there's no chocolate. Oh. <laughs> you know, then I go and search for that organic, non sugary item or yes. something that's been lying there for months. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to just kind of like, you know, satisfy that yes. that craving or that feeling. Wow, we're laughing about but serious stuff to yeah. look at, inshallah. And I, and I suppose because we can relate it. Yes, yeah. Shukran so much to you for once again being available. You're welcome. Yeah, to our listeners, I do hope, inshallah, that you've benefited from that on our series, Ramadan 1440, journeying towards a mindful heart, soul, mind, and body. Definitely an opportunity to taste the sweetness of Ramadan without any food. Mm. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ramadan da